Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. My name is Mike Zawacki. I'm the editor of Golf Course Industry, and I'm honored to have Tony Goldsby uh, with me today. Tony is the uh, agronomist at the Andersons, and Tony is going to talk to me today a little bit about uh, the importance of fall nutrition, and we're going to look at some of uh, the trends um, he's seeing in the industry with regard to approaches towards fall nutrition and uh, some of the problems and offerings some advice to troubleshoot some of those problems supers may run into uh, when we've uh, been experiencing some rapid changes of seasons as we've we've seen lately. So, Tony, thank you very much for joining me today. Let's let's talk about those rapid change in seasons. I know that here in the Midwest, we went from a uh, from a a pretty um, eventful winter into a uh, summer all of a sudden. It seemed like overnight. That can certainly happen in the fall with um, extended falls like we had last year, where it was warm and beautiful until October, and then there's just maybe a little bit of what the traditional fall, and then it's right into winter. Uh, could catch superintendents uh, by surprise sometimes, and I'm guessing it can impact their approaches to their fall nutrition program. What advice do you have for superintendents who get caught in that weird position of not being able to have done their fall nutrition apps yet because the the weather had held out for so long? Yeah, Mike, well, uh, I just want to start by thanking you for uh, having me on the podcast, and yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head if you want to talk about a, uh, a perfect storm for really just, you know, finding out where maybe the flaws or the weaknesses are in your current fertility program, this would this would be the, the type of spring that you would try to order up for those those types of uh, trials. I think the difficulty that you see, especially where it got, you know, relatively cold in the spring and then it's kind of warmed up and then we've just had these, you know, torrential downfalls, you, you tend to have probably more of those issues if you're, if you're talking about a, a sand-based green or something like that where, you know, you just don't have that, that nutrient holding capacity. But certainly on, on, on fairways and things like that, again, it just, it, it probably tends to, you know, make those nutrient shortfalls or maybe those areas that you just didn't quite get out that annual amount of nitrogen that you wanted to last year. Uh, they, they show up a little bit quicker. And then as we head into the summertime and on cool season grasses where you, you tend to see things like bent grass decline and things like that, it, it's probably just going to be, uh, you know, all the more highlighted than, than it has been in past years where maybe you had that fall fertility uh, a, a program uh, totally dialed in. So, I mean, I think for me, it's not a thing where, you know, you want to you want to panic or hit the alarm bells. I mean, I think the, the key thing is is just to, to continue to look at, uh, you know, what, what you always have done or, you know, keeping that baseline nutrition uh, program. So if, if you did skip some, don't try to, you know, go out there and, and make that up now. That's that's not going to be any any better in the long run. Just get back on your, your, your you know, your schedule and, and sawing the wood the way you would want to. Um, towards your towards your fall program, and then after summer ends, that that's really where you you, you got to step your game up. And I always used to call that the the money in the bank season, you know. So as uh, those cool season grasses they start to head towards dormancy, a lot of that um, you know carbohydrate storage or the or the food reserve that that's created by the plant, it really starts to move down towards the root system as opposed to going so much towards uh, shoot growth. So that's where you know guys want to make sure that they're really getting their applications out there dialed in at the, the, the rates that they should be and, and maybe think about adding in uh, something else too that's also going to benefit um, your your stand long term like a, you know a soil amendment of some kind um, in, 
if I'm looking at my fall applications, what should I be looking at? Should I, uh, with regard to a product, am I do I want to consider perhaps using a a liquid based product? Do I want to go with a granular product, or should I be thinking about maybe a combination of the two? And 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 if that's the case, how would I want to go about and um, make a program around that? I think if we're talking about like creeping bank grass, uh, you know, fairways, greens, things like that. Um, I think switching more towards a, a granular product as, as the fall goes on, you know, probably more of the trend um, in, in most of those cases. And again, using a, a foliar product through the summer months when the when the stress is high and you really need to, you know, kind of make those adjustments and then, you know, possibly segueing into more of a granular program where you can, you know, possibly put out a little bit higher rate of nitrogen um, that's going to, you know, again, allow those, those carbohydrates storage to, to continue to be increased but um, also it just it gives you the flexibility to, to be able to, to add other products in with that so when I when I think about you know soil amendments or things that I want to try to build um, in in the fall in addition to that that food reserve it's it's uh, you know soil like soil microbiology you know and, mm-hmm. and again some of that be slowing down a little bit as as the, the temperatures start to decline but um, you know, what am I doing that I'm that I'm adding some, you know, some beneficial, uh, you know, uh, food sources or things like that that are going to feed soil microbiology. And, and again, we have, you know, humic based products um, that, that we specifically like to, to blend at the Andersons into a lot of our products. And, and those just provide a great, you know, carbon source for, for soil microbes and things like that. So not only are you thinking about, hey, how can I build those plant reserves to make sure that my, my grass is going to come out the best equipped it can in the following spring, but what else am I doing to possibly shore up that, that part, which is the soil that, that so often comes back to bite us in the long run if we're not really taking care to, to help improve that soil condition. On the nutrition end, what do you see as the most common uh, nutrient that is that is missing in the soil in the fall that uh, superintendents need to be aware of, that they're, they're using a product that is going to help replenish X, Y, and Z? I'm not sure, again, if there's any, any, any specific one that always is, you know, showing up at that time frame. And, and I think that's a, a good point to make sure that you are just always kind of double-checking with periodic soil testing to make sure you're kind of staying um, in, in, in conjunction, especially when you're talking about, you know, spoon-feeding type applications mm-hmm. or you know, putting greens or something like that because that changes so quickly. Um, it, it, it's really something you want to get a baseline monitor on. But if I'm just thinking from an elemental perspective of the things that I want to make sure that are that are really staying dialed in as I head into the fall months. Um, most of them are probably related to things that we're adding additionally in the summertime anyways, like like potassium. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're heading into the winter, it, it kind of switches. People think about potassium as being, you know, highly related to water, which it is, and, and, and important for, for summer stress and, and things like that that you experience during the summer months, but also when the plant starts to, you know, regulate itself to go into dormancy and, 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 and again, prepare itself for not being so succulent that it's going to be, you know, you know, killed by winter kill or, or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, extreme temperatures. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, things that potassium does that are related to that regulation that you just want to make sure, I think, that, that again, your overall baseline is, is, is staying right on, on point and that you're, you're checking and making sure that, you know, things related to that especially aren't, aren't getting out of whack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are there ever adverse fall con- weather conditions where you would recommend not 
putting the, putting a um, fall nutrition down in the sense that you get an early snow is does that mean that okay all bets are off or you know if it's an extremely wet uh, 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 fall then you say you know all bets are off we just didn't get out there or on the vice versa on the other end maybe it's an extremely dry fall but um Give, give me some uh, or give uh, listeners some idea of how that are there ever any extremes where you would say um, we, we missed our window especially when you're talking about warm season grasses that you know you really need to differentiate between the two because you know definitely with warm season grass if you kind of miss that window you know you're talking about Bermuda grass mm-hmm. and it starts heading to dormancy you, you're, you're probably going to cause yourself greater risk for things like winter kill or winter injury um, then you are going to be good by going in and doing some, you know, late, late, late apps. And, and again, I, I hate to even, you know, give a month or a time frame on that just because your geography is going to impact that so much, you know, right. in any given, that could, that could change drastically. But um, I would think that would be, that would be one where you'd have to be a lot more careful than let's say cool season grasses where, you know, you have that, that kind of bimodal growth habit of cool season grasses where they, you know, come screaming out in the spring with a lot of top growth and they somewhat slow down through the summer months. And then they come back in the, in, in the fall with a little bit of a, of a spike of top growth. But again, kind of getting back to what we were talking about earlier, just that, that carbohydrate storage and that production that's going on in the fall months when top growth slows down. Um, in, in my opinion, as, a, as again, a turf grass manager, it, it's probably the most crucial month uh, in, in a cool season grasses, you know, fertility program, when we're talking, you know, se- September to, you know, October, November-ish when it goes into final dormancy. And in my opinion, you know, that's, that's going to kind of set you up for not only how quickly it's going to come out of dormancy, uh, you know, if it's a warm season the next year, or how quickly you're going to gain color back in the following spring if it's cool season. Um, so, so I think those are the things you know, I would probably just have to really evaluate before I kind of made a yay or nay towards, you know, doing a, a really late application um, of, of fall fertility. Uh, last thought, what do you see as um, um, an often overlooked uh, factor key about a successful uh, fall nutrition program? I think probably would be, you know, back towards that building, that, that, that soil portion of it, you mm-hmm. know, and I, you know, if, if we look at superintendent's year as, as a little bit of like a marathon race, man, you, you're coming up to mile 26 there towards the end of of uh, the summer, the middle of the fall season. And, and maybe at that point in time, you're just kind of, you know, like just happy that you made it through that. You know what I mean? That your greens are still alive and your putting greens have, you know, not succumbed to, to bent grass decline or okay. something like that. So I think for some of those guys, it's like, man, you know, it's, it, and again, those guys are the hardest working people ever. So I don't want to make it sound like they, they take off time or go vacation. But from a <laughs> from a fertility and an application standpoint, I think they tend to maybe just take their their foot off the throttle a little bit. When you know what what are you doing or what could you be possibly adding into that fertility program? Like we were talking, maybe a humic substance or you know if you have effluent water issues, maybe you're you know going out with some applications of you know you know gypsum or something like that that are that are going to help to build that soil structure and that soil microbiology to, to again help extenuate that that uh, feeding period that you get from from when you put do put down those fertility
the applications in following years. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Tony, for joining me today. You don't give some great information and, and I think helped uh, be able to help superintendents uh, uh, better uh, tweak their programs and, and, and hopefully overcome any uh, unforeseen curveballs that Mother Nature may have uh, this coming fall. Yeah, thank you for having us, Mike. We uh, really appreciate it.